Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Culture Ops Podcast. It's no surprise that we are huge fans of feedback on this show as one of the bedrock processes that is going to help an organization craft a really effective culture. Effective because it creates an environment where continual improvement is possible. Your organization is self-improving. But over the years discussing and thinking on the subject of feedback, I've realized that even though as leaders we often talk about how important feedback is, how much we want it, how much it's useful to the success of our organizations, we don't always actually feel that way. Feedback is scary, it's uncomfortable, and it's not always as easy to swallow as we would like. Today's guest believes that the best leaders are feedback magnets. So we're going to explore how you turn feedback from something that most of us are scared of into something present and beneficial to the cultures that we're crafting. Welcome to the show, Shivani Berry, founder and CEO at Ascend. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Thanks so much for giving up your time. Really appreciate it. Um, how are you first? Are you well? Good. Well, yes. Excited to be here. Good. Nice. Um, coming to us from Oakland, California. I'm in London. Oh, the wonders of the internet. Um, uh, two things I'd love to know. Uh, tell us first about you and your career. And then also, I'd love to know a bit more about Ascend and the work that you do. Definitely. I, I think all of those, both those things tie in very closely together. So Ascend, we offer online leadership programs for women. And what inspired me to start Ascend was a lot of it was my career. So as I was moving up to management at large companies and startups in tech, non-tech, I learned how to get buy-in, advocate for myself, empower my teams, all by making a ton of mistakes. Some guidance from probably just a lot of blow-ups. I remember one time I was working with a designer on, we're working on launching a new product feature. It was a very, very challenging experience. Her work was not up to par, in my opinion. And so I went to deliver that feedback and I delivered it in a way that I thought was very clear around like how she's not fulfilling her responsibilities. Despite my good intentions, I was very ignorant to the impact of my delivery. She and her manager ended up feeling very attacked. And I learned a lot from these experiences. I actually made the situation worse than how than what it actually had started out because of how I delivered that feedback. And so I learned a lot about empathy and learned how to deliver feedback in a more effective manner that the recipient is actually receptive to. And so, you know, once I learned how to give better feedback, once I learned how to drive alignment and really all these core leadership skills, I felt so much more confident in my career. I was able to move up faster and impact not only my teams, but also our executives and our company's board of directors. So these experiences combined with my time spending at Harvard Business School to get my MBA inspired me to create Ascend. I wanted to create the leadership program that I wish I had access to when I was making that transition into management. Our mission at Ascend is to elevate more women into leadership. That's a big way we're going to see a change that we need to see in today's workplaces. So it's been incredibly rewarding and just inspiring to see how women from top Fortune 500 companies, top startups, top 
you know, like tech companies from Google's, the Slacks, the DoorDashes of the world have come out of the field, the program feeling so much more confident, being able to actually rally stakeholders, give better feedback and moving up faster in their careers, including getting promoted, which has been truly incredible. And so that's why, you know, I love doing a Zen, I've built it and, uh, and feedback is a big topic that we talk about. Awesome. Um, I'm already thinking of like the other conversations that we should have. And, 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 you know, obviously your, your ascent focuses on putting women into leadership roles. And I have this real interest in like leadership characteristics and the classical view of like male leadership characteristics and, and slightly more female leadership characteristics and how I think the world is changing and, and uh, we're maybe dropping some of those slightly old school male behaviors that aren't, um, maybe as useful or as effective in the world that we now live in. And I'm really excited about, uh, about that. And um, anyway, that's a topic for another, another time. We'll have that. We'll have that conversation another time. I don't want to get distracted by down that rabbit hole. Um, Definitely. Uh, what's the best feedback you've ever received? Ooh, I think the best feedback I've ever received was around. I so saw I was leading my team. We were meeting on, what is the next path forward on like, what's the next? So I was a product lead and it was about what is the next feature we're going to, we're going to build. And I had proposed something in a document. Everyone had read it and we were meeting with, we were, then we were meeting as a team. And I went around and asked like, is everybody on board? Does anybody have any questions? Everybody's like, yeah, all good. All good. I was like, great, perfect. Let's go execute on this. And then after the meeting, the director of engineering pulls me aside and he's like, I don't think people actually understand what your proposal is. I don't think I should. And I was like, wait, what? But everyone just told me yes. And this is the approach I used in my previous company and it worked really well. But then I saw he was right. I went and got did some one-on-ones with people and I realized like they actually did have a lot of questions and I realized the written brief that I had shared was not the best way to get them on board with the idea. And so I think that was one of the best pieces of feedback I received because I realized that, you know, what has worked for me in the past doesn't actually work for me in the present. Like you always have to think about your audience and be able to adopt it. And what I think is the right approach that doesn't actually matter. It's about what your audience thinks about. And so that's why, you know, that's why in a sense we spend a lot of time talking about influencing. How do you storytell and how do you articulate your message in a way that actually resonates with your audience? And this was a big aha moment for me when I received this piece of feedback is like, Hey, like the way you've operated in the past or the way you operating, like it's not resonating. You need to figure out a way to think about it in a way that actually your team understands and can be on board with. Do you ever get scared of feedback? Oh, for sure. Definitely. You know, I think and I've been thinking like, well, what if they confirm my worst fears or what if they tell me that I'm not a good leader or I'm not good at what I do? And so, and, and you know, we typically tend to hold back on giving feedback because we're afraid of hurting our feelings. I think we justify it to ourselves because we're like, well, I don't want to offend them or what if I'm not right or what if I don't have all the right information. But in reality, usually it's, we don't want to be put in the awkward situation. We don't want to feel uncomfortable and receiving feedback definitely like feel nervous about what are they going to say? What if, what are they going to say that they don't like me or I'm not good enough? But that is actually a skill that I have learn to hone over time because I've what, you know, what you kicked off with, what I've realized like the best leaders are feedback magnets. And so I know on your show, you previously had Kim Scott. I also did an interview with her and afterwards she messaged me right away. It's like, how can I improve? And I was like, whoa, 
this really, really successful, experienced public speaker is asking me how she can improve after a fireside chat that we did. And, you know, this has happened to me at work, too, with leaders who are, like, very established and know what they're doing. And the fact that they're coming back to ask for feedback really shows how important that skill is. And it helps paint uh, insight into like how they, a big reason why they're moving up so quickly in their careers is because they're constantly learning and iterating and improving. And so that's something that I've also learned to lean into because I know that, you know, when you get feedback, it helps you uncover your blind spots. And then two, your colleagues are already thinking about the ways you can improve or how you're being annoying or how you're not being effective. So you might as well just ask them about it instead of it showing up in your performance reviews or bubbling up later in like more friction in your relationship. And so I've, it, it's taken practice and I still sometimes get nervous and brace myself like, oh, what are they going to say? But for the most part, it's now leaning into and be like, tell me more. What can I do? You're not going to hurt my feelings. Please just tell me and give me some examples around it. Nice. Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a, a gap between how much as an industry or maybe as an ecosystem, I say ecosystem loosely, let's say like tech, high growth businesses in that sphere. I think there's a gap between how much we talk about the importance of feedback and then the reality of actually how much is asked for slash given. I think I think there's a bit of a, a a bit of a gap in terms of, you know, the reality of how we actually feel about it and how much we act on it versus how important we all know it is. I don't think there's many people out there that are questioning saying, yeah, feedback's not important. I think if you ask most execs in the ecosystem, this is important, they'd say, yes, feedback's important. Whether all of them are actually actively going out and building a feedback behavior is a, is a different thing. I completely agree. I think, you know, people always talk about feedback. And the thing is where I think the mistake happens, people focus too much on giving feedback. Even when they talk about giving feedback, it's not actually specific tips on how do you, how do you give feedback in a way that the recipient is receptive to? What do you do when that person gets defensive? How do you respond to that? Because those are the moments that you need to know how to break through to them because we all naturally get defensive. You know, for me, I can tend to have the victim mentality. It, when my manager has told me in the past, like, hey, you were the lead on this. You didn't deliver this project on time. My reaction is like, yeah, but I set it up. Marketing didn't give me the deliverables that they needed to, or I didn't have the right resources, or we're on a tight timeline. And at the end of the day, like none of that stuff really matters. Like it's on me if I'm the leader. And so identifying, you know, what do you, what is your defense mechanism? What is your default? And that's on the giving. And then, and then also identifying the recipient, like how are they going to likely react to your feedback and how are you going to, how are you going to change that? And then the second part is around receiving that feedback, which we don't think about a lot. We don't ever really talk about either. It's always about how do you give difficult feedback? But receiving the feedback is really what will help you accelerate your career growth and is that secret tool to really unlock you being able to grow faster than you typically could. There's a great book, which I'm just Googling really quickly, a little peek behind the curtain, which I think is called The, the Chimp Hypothesis, um, which is all about, it's not called The Chimp Hypothesis. Um, it's something to do with chimps. And it's about <laughs> like, chimp animalistic brain and how we respond to certain scenarios and I think feedback is a great example of that sort of slightly protective um, Neanderthal animalistic part of our psychology which is about 
uh, you know, basically protecting us from danger. And so for some reason, our minds think that someone giving us feedback is almost an attack. And so you get that very instinctual, like, hey, no, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to, re- and you have to really have to think through that. And you really have to like self-coach and walk yourself out of it and engage your 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 conscious mind rather than letting the sort of subconscious take over. Definitely. And the other thing I find when we receive feedback is we tend to really hold on to the negative pieces of feedback that we get. And at least for me, you know, I will, if I get a hundred pieces of feedback and 98 of them are positive and two are negative, I will just focus on the negative and they'll make me feel like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Like this is really bad. And I see this happen a lot. Like for example, one of the participants in a science leadership program had gotten feedback that she doesn't have gravitas. And in one of our sessions, we were talking about, okay, and, and that was really holding her back. And she's like, I really need to, she's like, it's not, you know, it's going to prevent me from moving up into leadership. And in the conversation, I just asked her, when did you get this feedback? Turns out she'd gotten this feedback seven years ago. And since then had not gotten this feedback from any of her colleagues. In fact, her colleagues had praised her on her communication style. And then once that aha moment, she's like, oh, yes. And so I think we so often get stuck on this one piece of feedback that we, for some, for whatever reason, are more sensitive to. And to help pull you, pull, your, pull yourself out of that is look at the data. Look at what is the other feedback that you've gotten from your team, from your colleagues. If your company doesn't have a regular feedback process, go ask for feedback for your, by yourself. Go tell your colleagues, you know, hey, in our next one-on-one, I would love some feedback on X. The more specific you are, the better. So I would love some feedback on my communication style. I would love some feedback on how I led that last meeting on this deliverable that I gave you. What can make it stronger? Take that feedback yourself. Send out a, a survey to five colleagues that you work with. You can make it anonymous if you want. And use that intel to help you, one, figure out your blind spots, what you need to improve on. But two, help you get out of your own head. And see, like, the things that you're feeling anxious about or the things that you think you need to improve on or are holding you back, is that actually true? You've laid up a superb segue there because you started to introduce uh, process and how feedback works within, within, within an organization. Um, and so that means we can start talking about feedback and culture and the interplay there. Let's do it. So I, I think let's draw let's draw a line and maybe try and define for people what a strong feedback culture looks like. And I I guess maybe I'm interested, have you ever experienced what you think a great and strong feedback culture looks like? Yes, I've experienced both ends, the strong one and then the really bad one where everyone holds back and giving you feedback. And and really, I think the trace of a strong feedback culture at the very foundation is trust. It sounds really simple, but I think so often people take trust for granted when it's actually not there or it's not very strong there. So for example, when you have a new relationship with your manager, you assume that there's trust and there is a certain level of trust, but you actually have to invest more time to really build solid trust. Same thing goes with your teammates, your cross-functional partners. And so first having that trust, knowing that person, and Kim Scott talks about this with Radical Candor, I think it's a great framework around like caring personally. You know that person has really great intentions. You know that they are looking out for you. And so the best feedback cultures I've been in, especially with my managers, is when I know they are rooting for my success, when I know that they have my back. On the flip side, and and I know as a part of that, I know they will tell me the truth. And so it's that being able to challenge directly. So I've been given like really hard feedback, 
but I'm not offended by it. Like, yeah, I feel probably upset about it. And I probably feel not because of what they told me, but I probably feel bad about like, oh, I wish I was better. But I also am very grateful that they shared that feedback. And I think that's a really strong feedback culture. When you have the trust, when you know that person is only looking out for you and that's where they're sharing the feedback and they're telling you the honest truth. On the flip side, I've been in cultures where either one, they don't share any feedback and then you find out about it in your performance review or I find out about it from another colleague or from my manager being like, hey, this person that you're working with told me about this. And I'm thinking like, why didn't they just tell me this to my face? Like, I don't even have an opportunity to improve it. And and then the other part of it is someone, like I once had a manager who would like, after every meeting that we came out of, would tell me what I did wrong. And, and you know, if we had that trust there, I think it would have been really great. But I it made me feel like even, I don't know what his actual intentions were, but in that moment, I just felt like I was constantly not good enough. And it was just like, he was constantly, constantly picking on me. Cause it was literally like after every single meeting that we did. And so I think it's the really strong feedback cultures are when you feel supported, when you're giving that feedback, you know, that person is looking out for you. And that just takes, like, you have to be very, very proactive about building that. And to initiate that, I think it really comes from the leader. So leader has to be open to seeking feedback. You have to basically demonstrate the behaviors that you're expecting your team to do. Yeah, safety is the word that I hear sort of over and over. If people yes. don't feel that safety has been created, um, you know, psychological safety gets banded around a lot, but I think it's deeper than that. I think it's broader than that. You know, role safety, I think is is, is something that people need to feel that failure and our challenges and the things that we do badly in our roles are as important as the things that we do well and and the areas where we're successful. Agreed. One of the traditions, rituals that we have in Ascend with uh, with my team is every check-in weekly team meeting that we have, we will either answer the question, what's a win that you have? Because I think it's important to make create the norm of like celebrating your wins and recognizing them and feeling comfortable talking about it without feeling that you're bragging. And then the alternate week, we will ask about what's a failure or mistake that you've made. Again, to normalize, like, it's okay that you have done this and we can openly talk about it. And, you know, sometimes they will lead to like, okay, yeah, let's problem solve this. And we'll like put this on it as an action item. Sometimes they'll just be like laughing about the mistake. And, and so it just like, but it creates a really nice, it helps us to really nice tone. Like this is okay. And so I think it, but you have to be very, very deliberate about creating the culture. I think so often I hear companies, I hear people talking about like, we have a strong feedback culture. I'm like, what does that actually mean? And how are you actually implementing it? Because it takes effort and you have to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, and this is my whole argument. This is our whole sort of thesis on culture, which is that we we, we get distracted by by the word and the idea. We don't think about actually how you build that thing. And so, you know, culture as as we see it is the combination of your people your processes and your policies like the people you have in the room who you hire who you fire who you promote the way you work as an organization your processes and then your policies your do's and don'ts like what is acceptable what's not acceptable and we can talk about feedback but unless we have those rituals that you talked about you know those processes of building that behavior or um you know the the agreed do's of if someone gives you feedback actually you know you're going to accept it you're going to ask questions you're going to lean into it then you have no hope of of crafting a culture where feedback is 
celebrated and something that is normalized. Agreed. And you know, one thing I was mentioning, like the leader needs to take the lead on prenatal feedback culture, which I think is really important. But I also want to highlight, you know, individuals can also do it on their teams. And so one thing we always talk about, and I always tell people in the leadership program, I'm like, use a program as an excuse. Say like, hey, we talked about feedback. I realized like we haven't actually had this feedback conversation in a while. Can we have this opening? So now for all of you listening to this podcast, use this podcast as an excuse. You know, like, hey, I just listened to this conversation around feedback and I realized we actually haven't had this conversation in a while. Like, you know, in our next one-on-one, I would love for you to share some feedback about how I can better collaborate with you. And then if you're open to it, I can also share the same. So you don't have to be in that leadership position to start it. And the other thing about the feedback culture is when we think about feedback culture, I think often we think about negative feedback and how do we give constructive feedback to people. But the positive feedback is also really important. And so calling out what is working well, what do you appreciate about people will help reinforce that culture. Because, you know, in the example I was sharing with you with my manager who was constantly just give, telling me what I did wrong in that meeting, there was never that positive feedback also. So not only what, did I not have that trust and I didn't assume, I didn't think he had the, who was looking out for me. The second part of it was, I just felt like I was constantly doing things, everything wrong, like a, just like a failure in his eyes. But if it had been more balanced and put things in perspective, so like, here's what you need to improve on. And here's what you're doing well. And like, let me just paint the picture for you for like how important what you need to improve on is in the grand scheme of like how you're performing at work. I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. And there are, um, again, probably another conversation, but there are definitely cultures where feedback is used as, uh, as a route just to like pick and prod at people and be a little bit aggressive. Um, and and that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a balanced approach where, where feedback is used as an orientating device to, to help me understand where are my blind spots, you know, that was good, this was good. You know, it, 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 it's steering us through our careers rather than just someone using it as a way of like throwing crap at the wall, basically. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I think people can abuse the word feedback in for exactly what you're saying, just use an excuse to like tell them whatever's on their mind. Um, one way, or, and that has led to people often bracing when they hear, hey, can I give you some feedback? So something you can say like, you know, can I give you some advice? Or I have some thoughts about how maybe that meeting could have gone better. Do you have, do you mind if I share some points with you? So like you can still have the same outcome, but framing it in a different way can help that person be more receptive. At the end of the day, you need to think about like, who am I trying to give feedback to? What is my goal? And what can I do to make them more receptive? For example, in Ascend's leadership program, one of our ascenders, Cody, when she joined the program, she had been working with this engineering manager for seven years. Uh, and it was a very, very like friction-filled relationship, like super tense. And she used the strategies that she learned in Ascend to go and have that feedback conversation. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, without going into a lot of detail, a lot of it comes down to like curiosity, really coming in, like showing, um, sharing observations, not judgments and how, what you think their intention was and really breaking down. And that one conversation transformed their relationship when she used these tools. And so it doesn't have to be super complicated. You can do it, but it does require a lot of thought and preparation before you go into it. But only when you have that conversation can you actually hope the conversation will, your relationship will have a turning point. Yeah, you're so right. Um, what effect do you think a strong feedback culture has 
or on an organization? A very, very positive effect. And so a strong feedback culture creates that safety that you're talking about. People know where they stand. People feel comfortable speaking up if something's not working, if something could be better. And when you create that culture, then people are more willing to take risks, more willing to uh, share their ideas. You create more inclusive environments where you're creating an environment where everybody feels comfortable pitching in their ideas, speaking up, doing work in a way that is thriving for them. So for example, you know, let's say someone is a self-described introvert and they feel uncomfortable speaking in large group meetings. Well, if you give them the space to share feedback and like, here's why I'm not feeling comfortable, then you actually have a chance to improve on things. And and a lot of it, and especially, and then our relationships at work with our cross-functional partners, with our teammates, with our manager, if you're actually able to give someone feedback on what's working, what's not, you're going to be much more productive together. You're going to hit your goals without like minimizing the number of bumps and just be able to hit your goals much faster. So when you have a really strong feedback culture, it trickles down to helping your company be more successful and people being happier at work and feeling more supported. Do you think that happiness translates into retention? Like people stick around longer because they feel like it's a place where they can be effective and grow? Definitely, definitely. You know, I hear all the time in the leadership program, like the people who have managers where they are scared to get feedback to, they don't feel supported. They don't feel like their manager really values their opinion. The people who have managers who uh, want to hear from them, they feel really valued. They feel like they have an opportunity to grow. So yes, when you have a strong feedback culture, it leads to better retention. It You set up your employees for promotion within the company. So everybody wins. Yeah. So you know, we've talked about the importance of feedback, why it's hard, uh, what a great feedback culture looks like, and then I guess some of the benefits of, of how that trickles down, you know, like in, in, improved progress, improved performance, a more successful organization that gets to keep people longer because people are growing and thriving and getting promoted. Um, what role do leaders play in establishing that culture? And you touched on it already, but let's maybe go a little bit deeper. Like, what are some of the steps that leaders should take to to really create those foundations that the rest of that culture can thrive from? Yeah. So leaders need to bond, model the behavior that they want their teams to see. So if they're like, hey, I really think feedback is important, then a couple of steps that they can do. One, go ask for feedback from your teams. And when you go ask for feedback, acknowledge that it can be uncomfortable for your report to give you feedback. So I remember, you know, one time my, like our CTO asked me for feedback at that time I was reporting it to him and I was just like, it was uncomfortable because this person has a very outsized impact on my career and whether I get promoted or how I go do it. But when I shared with him that I was feeling nervous, he's like, why? I really want to hear this. And so just really emphasizing over indexing, over communicating on, I want to hear this. You're not going to hurt my feelings. This will help me grow. Also, when you ask for feedback, especially as in the leader position, if you're just thinking about the power dynamics, ask for really specific areas of feedback. So I would love feedback on how I can better support you. I would love feedback on this team meeting. It helps people, one, narrow down like what and what spectrum do they need to think about. And then also makes it easier because you've already identified a potential problem and now you're giving them permission to help you understand how to improve it. The other thing I would say is when you ask someone, when a leader is asking for feedback, tell them why you want it. So like state your best intentions yourself. Like I want to be better at supporting you. 
I want to be better at X. This is something I'm working on. So being vulnerable yourself, like, I know I cannot be great at this. I want to be better at it. So for example, like for me, um, I tend to be very execution focused. So when I get on a one-on-one with one of my team members, I tend to just dive in and like, okay, what are the action items? Let's talk it. Let's talk about it. And I've gotten feedback in the past. Um, fortunately, I'm really grateful for this is one of my reports is like, I like doing more of the small talk. You know, I want to, I want to get to know you better. I like talking about personal life. And I was like, you're so right. And so I, have you know, now when I have like additional team members coming on board, I have worked on this. It's gotten better, but I've also called it out. Like this is the area I'm not so good at. I'm working on. I, so please, if I tend to just like dive right into, let's talk about what we need to get done. Like pull me back, call me out. I'm going to be totally okay with it. And I think that level of vulnerability helps open them up and then they are have permission to, to check me and to give me that feedback. And then the third thing I'd say is when you do get that feedback, follow up with them and show them how you're acting on it. It's not enough just to get it in the moment, like actually put into place. Then they're going to have to trust that you're actually wanting this feedback and that you're actually going to do something with it. Yeah, you're spot on. And it's come up so many times. Uh, this is, you know, I think episode 53 that we've recorded and, and and vulnerability, it's it's just the one of the most simple ideas, simple leadership ideas, but one of the hardest things to actually do, which I think is is interesting and 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 and, and, and I guess quite telling. But the impact that it has on an organization is huge. And I think the impact it has on leaders is also huge because I think often leaders are running around thinking that they've got to have all the answers. And once you step out of that and go, hold on a second, actually, maybe people don't expect me to have all the answers because maybe they know that I'm also human. And if I just stand up and say, hey, I'm trying to get better at this and I don't know right now, people might be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. I agree. I was someone who was really scared of vulnerability. I thought showing what, I, similar to what you just said, I thought I needed to know it all in order to be a good leader. And so I had to put on a really strong front. So one of the initiatives um, in one of my past roles my team was responsible for revamping our core product. And so it was a top company priority. It was in our OKRs. I was presenting to the board and how it was going. So a lot of visibility, a lot of pressure. And so when my team was concerned that these OKRs were too ambitious and about hitting them, I thought I had to be really strong and be like, no, no, it'll be fine. Of course we can hit it. It wasn't solving, the t- it wasn't comforting the team at all. The moment when I realized and flipped and actually was open to like, yes, these are ambitious. I am nervous. I am stressed about it, but here's how I think we can actually achieve it. That was such a turning point. And I think that was like, I can look back on it and just point to like, that was one of the inflection points in my career of that really helped me be the leader that I was striving to be. And it feels counterintuitive, you know, like I needed to have all the answers. And I thought that was what was going to be comforting to them. But actually me showing what I was feeling nervous about, or even the times when I'm like, I don't know the answers, but here's how I think we can figure it out. Or like, I don't know the answers. Like, what do you all think? Let's figure this out together. Helps them realize like, it's okay if they don't know the answers. And then two shows that, and it gives them an opportunity to step up. It gives them an opportunity to, to like, you know, to take the lead on things. And the third thing, it gives them a safe space to share what they're stressed about. I think... COVID, the pandemic has really highlighted that. 
you know, people had a lot going on with the combination of personal and work and just like so many things going on that we've never had to face before. And I find that when the leaders were also talking about like, I'm struggling my, I'm trying to like trying to balance my kid, like being on like Zoom for school and getting on this call and everything else and like cooking and running the dishwasher five times a day because we constantly have all these dishes. When you have that conversation, then others are like, me too. And it just creates a sense of comfort and a feeling of being seen that will allow your teams to follow you more, be more inspired by you, and for them to be better, do better work because they feel comfortable showing up as they are. So let's just, I guess, step back for a second and think at a bit more sort of a macro level within an organization. We've talked about feedback as... Uh, and, the, and the importance it has on the individual. We talk about leaders and their role in making feedback work and be uh, successful within uh, an organization and, and a culture. What can a company do? What can we do at a company level? What are some of the policies and processes maybe we could put in place um, to allow a, a, you know, a feedback culture to thrive within a company? Great question. There are several things, four key things that I think can be implemented right away are one, what we're talking about, the leaders need to model the behavior that they want people to see. So they need to ask for feedback and actually be receptive to it and actually follow through on it. The second thing is you need to make sure that your employees understand the expectations for their roles. So it's, you know, sure, you give them the competency, competency profile in um, some kind of document, but do they actually understand what is expected for them in their role? Do they actually understand what's expected them for them in the project that they're working on? Because if they don't understand it, then it's not really fair for you to go back and give them feedback on like, hey, you didn't do this well. Because they will probably come back to you and be like, well, I didn't know I had to do that. And so make sure that people understand what the expectations are. The third thing I'd, I'd say is teach people how to get feedback in a way that people are actually receptive to. And I think so often we talk about the feedback sandwich, or which is you give the positive feedback, the negative feedback, and the positive feedback. That is overplayed. People know that it's coming. So actually what happens is like people don't really value the positive feedback. They're bracing for the negative feedback. It is, uh, it, it's, it's inauthentic. And so really, when you give feedback, you want to be genuine. You want to show that you have great intentions. And, you know, we talked a lot about what that means in this conversation. A couple of things that I want to highlight is a big thing is coming in and being curious. So when you're giving someone feedback, focus more on, you know, here's the action, the observation, instead of focusing on what the, like, how you perceived it. Now, if you if you have a really strong stance on it, you can still share it. But like, for example, saying like you were leaning in is an observation versus you were very excited. Maybe they're leaning in for different reasons. So like teaching people, like be curious, come in, like you can say your opinion, but ask questions, try to understand it from their perspective, give them a chance to jump in. And I think that's something that people don't usually do, especially because these conversations we get so nervous in that we're so just eager to just get through what we have to say. But a really good feedback conversation, a key is being curious and having a more collaborative conversation instead of just what's in your what's on your agenda. And the fourth thing I'd say is a formal feedback process. Really re- review it to see is it the right setup for your company. You know, so many of the companies I worked at, when we had the performance reviews twice a year, 
People are feeling underwater because now you have to fill out 15 performance reviews for people. And that means that no one is able to really give a thoughtful performance review. And you're just trying to like get things in, just like answer the questions in the tool that you're using. So really thinking about what is the best setup for these performance reviews or the formal review process in a way that people are actually able to get feedback that helps them and isn't viewed as such a negative process. Because so often when performance reviews come up, people are just like, oh, I have so many performance reviews to do. And thinking about like, what do I need to change in my company to make sure that, because that is such a critical piece of feedback, right? It's it's determining whether or not someone gets promoted. And it's also giving them good intel on how they need to improve. So redesigning that process in a way that people find it more manageable to complete and people are able to have to get really good intel from it. I love it. I love it so much. You know, if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, we have a feedback process, it's our it's our annual performance review. You don't have a feedback process. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's absolutely not fit for purpose, right? Like feedback should not be something that happens once a year. It should not be something that happens twice a year. It should be something that is just a constant ebb and flow through your organization. Um, uh, okay, quick question to, to, to wrap us off, uh, wrap us up. If there was one thing uh, someone listening to this podcast could go and do tomorrow what what would it be oh good one i would say go ask for feedback go ask you nice. know think about who who are the people that you work closely with go ask for feedback be really specific about what you want feedback on tell them that hey you're not going to hurt my feelings this is like i this is actually really going to help me and go ask for the feedback and then go act on it i love that i love that because i always say when it comes to culture be the change that you want to see in your culture. There's no point sitting there and complaining about it. Um, exactly. Get up off your feet, do something, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, so I've actually written down, I scribbled down as we were recording this on my notepad. Um, there's like two people that I've been doing a lot of work with recently who I haven't asked for feedback yet on how I've been doing and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to take some of your advice about being really specific about what I'm asking them rather than just like, Hey, can I have some feedback? So, um, I will let you know how I get on Shivani. Great. Perfect. Thank you. No worries. And we need to bring it to a close, uh, even though I'm sure we could keep talking for hours on this subject. Um, uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll bring it to a close. Um, Shivani, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fun conversation. Like you said, I think we can talk about feedback for hours, but uh, I enjoyed diving in what we were able to do today. So thank you for having me. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground in 40 Definitely. minutes. Um, uh, quickly, if people want to like follow your work, understand more about Ascend, what should they do? Where, they, where should they go? So check out weascend.co to learn more about Ascend's leadership program for women. And um, you can find learn more and join us. If you want to follow me, reach out to me. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Shivani Berry. And on Twitter, Shivani S. Berry is my handle. Amazing. Go and do it. Shivani's written an amazing blog post uh, on uh, how uh, leaders should become feedback ma- magnets. So I would definitely go and check that out as well. You'll find that in Google. Um, uh, as ever, I need to thank Mel, our producer behind the virtual glass, keeping this show on the road. To all of you for listening along wherever you are, we really appreciate you. Um, if you've enjoyed the episode uh, and you liked what uh, Shivani and I talked about, please go leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It helps others find the show. We look forward to seeing you again soon as we continue this journey through season three. I have been Ben Branson, your host, and this has been the Culture Ops Podcast. Mm-hmm.